Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. The ruler sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the chosen one, the Christ of God, Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him, there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. A farmer and his wife spent the morning loading their pumpkins into a truck, and they sat in the shade of an oak tree to rest. The farmer started thinking about the nature of things, and he said to his wife, you know, God made a mistake. He put those big pumpkins on small vines and tiny acorns on this big oak tree. If I were God, I would have put the small acorns on small plants and the big pumpkins on a big tree. Just then, a squirrel ran through the oak tree overhead sending down a shower of acorns on their heads. The farmer's wife turned to him and said, lucky for us, you're not God. (laughs) It's It's so easy to forget that God is God and we are not. A big part of our human and spiritual lives is to give God his rightful place in our hearts in our relationships, in our society, our world. In fact, that's the purpose of this solemnity of Christ the King. Not only that he's king of our hearts, not only that he's king of our families, not only that he's king of the church, but of the entire universe, the earth. And so today, in this celebration of Christ the King, marking the close of another church year, it's, good, it's a good time to ask ourselves this simple question. What place does God hold in my life right now? Those who lived during the persecution of the Christian communities of the uh, second and third centuries showed no signs of compromise or cowardice when it came to proclaiming the one true God. 
In fact, the early church fathers, the, the saints who are considered the fathers of the church, often mocked the foolishness of pagan idolatry. The, ba- the pagans of the time were warned that things made of wood, brass, iron, silver, or gold, which they served and worshipped as gods, did not ennoble them, but dehumanized them. The early church fathers contrast the emptiness and misery of the pagan world with the mercy and the love and the fullness of life of the true God manifested in his son, Jesus. And well, if you haven't realized it already, paganism is making a strong comeback in our society. What went on in the first centuries of Christianity has value for us in our Christian life today, right now, in an unbelieving and indifferent world. Too many prefer the noise and material distractions of modern life to the freedom of the gospel. And yet, the first commandment says, I am your God, your only God, and you should not ignore and disgrace the dignity I've I've given you by selling out to false gods. And yet, we moderns, often do exactly that with our addictions to politics, to power, to technology, to entertainment, to personal health, and a a hundred other little godlings. My point here is not that things like politics, technology, personal health are bad. We all have to be faithful, uh, faithful citizens. And technology serves human dignity in many ways. Personal health is a great blessing. My point, rather, is that anything that confuses our priorities, steals our attention, and dethrones God from the center of our lives becomes an idol. Idolatry has always been and remains one of humanity's deepest temptations. The illusion of power and control feeds our human vanity and false security. It leads us, I think Cardinal Lustiger said this, to offer God pious words, but not humble, loving hearts. In fact, the late Cardinal Lustiger said, a church cannot be invented by hanging a cross on the wall of a pagan temple nor is a Christian nation created merely by drawing a cross on the flag. Christian faith demands radical choice, radical change in thinking, in attitudes, desiring, behaving, motivation, and emotion. He said, unless the water of baptism has penetrated to their hearts, self-described Christians from the highest bishop to the simplest believer, can be among the very worst frauds and idolaters, disfiguring Christ by their actions and then making this distortion 
into their God. Disfiguring Christ. Disfiguring his church. I think, or I hope, many of us are concerned about the state of the church in its relation also to the world, as we should be, in the same way we'd be concerned about the state of our own families today. And we might be tempted to say, like the unrepented thief in today's gospel, save yourself and us. Save your body, the church, which is ignoring you. Why won't King Jesus do something about it, since we can't? If he's the king of the world, why is the world such a mess? Save yourself and us. Well, maybe none of us is being solved. None of this is being solved because we're imitating the wrong thief. The good thief turns to Jesus, too. And he tells the unrepented thief, we have been condemned justly for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. Maybe the church is the way it is because we are the church. Maybe we do little to intervene when our families give the cold shoulder to God. And it's no wonder because maybe our own love for God grew cold. Maybe our practice of the faith is minimal, mechanical, and distracted. Maybe we prefer ugly little sins and pale little comforts to our king on the cross. We can say it with the thief. We can repeat with the thief. We have been condemned justly. But then the thief said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The thief looks to Jesus at this Jesus as he is. And where the world world sees a loser, he sees a king. Because he is a king. Jesus is the one who is beaten, but not defeated. He is the one who is crucified, but rules from the cross. He is the one whose crown of thorns shows his true greatness. The bad thief is totally pathetic. Hatred led him to his crime. Hatred condemned him, and he spends his last hour on earth reveling in hatred, refusing to learn his lesson to the end. The good thief sees Jesus suffering with him and recognizes the God of love. He sees a sign above above Jesus' head that says, this is the king of the Jews, and he recognizes, like the tribes of Israel said, said to David in the first reading, here we are, your bone and your flesh. Only in this case, it's Jesus who says, here I am, your bone and your flesh. He looks at Jesus crucified and sees what St. Paul sees in the second reading. He is the image of the invisible God. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And commenting on this passage, St. Maximus the Confessor said, the thief, the good thief, knew 
that the wounds on the body of Christ were not Christ's wounds, but the thief's. And after he recognized his own wounds on Christ's body, he began to love all the more. The solemnity of Christ the King is a good moment to help us see if the crucified Jesus is truly the King of our hearts, such that notwithstanding everything happening around us, we love all the more. When we reach an ongoing, un unshakable relationship with God, we become free human beings. Whatever happens, whatever slander, whatever difficulty, conflict, failure, worry, bitterness, tragedy, or illness, none of it alters our peace because we're rooted in God who is love and we love all the more. And in God, we find that unity, that joy, that serenity, which only God's love can give. So as another church year closes, and we wait on the threshold of another beginning, a new Advent season, let's remember God loves us infinitely. And as he identifies with our brokenness and our woundedness, and let's love all the more. This Thursday, we rightly focus on the joy of another Thanksgiving day with well-deserved family time for family and friends. May Thanksgiving be the center of your gatherings. And with all my heart, I wish you a holy and blessed Thanksgiving. St. Anthony of Padua, pray for us.